when you started to see how much work these guys put in, how many hours actually go into one moment that happens on the field that we all see and criticize and, and, and comment on, like what was, what was the most surprising part about that for you? Yeah, it's well, first of all, I'm glad that comes across because it's it, it is the sort of the most interesting part of doing the show, which is, I mean, it should be dumb in, in theory, right? It's like we get to the end of every episode and we're like, oh, it turns out pro athletes are really good at what they do, <laughs> and like that should be it should be fairly right. obvious. Yeah, and it's sort of like, yeah, you idiot, like come, how how big of an ego do you have that you think you could do this? Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gores. And this is episode 201. 201. Uh, big ups. Thanks to everyone for all of the love on episode 200. Our guest today is Clay Skipper from GQ, as we told you last week. Uh, we actually just record, like chronologically speaking, uh, you're hearing this first, but we just got done recording with Clay, you know, 90 seconds ago. He's awesome. So freaking good. Such a great conversation. So you'll hear that in just a few minutes. But Chris, uh, Man, the love for episode 200 is real, and uh, it's been really cool kind of looking back, and it's, it's almost some forced reflection this week, and uh, it's, it's felt good to, for everybody to, to say all the nice things, so just wanted to, on the podcast, say we appreciate it, and uh, what, what's some of the, the, the feedback that you've gotten? Yeah, I mean, all positive feedback, obviously, people who are excited to be on there, uh, people who, who were bummed out that they didn't get the video in on time, um, but, you know, just, just everybody Come who's... On. <laughs> People are busy, you know, so it's all good. You know, yeah. I, I'm never the type of person like, yo, I need this, I need this, I need this. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, people who are reaching out and, and, and talked about just, just to hear people like Wes Dunning talk about how, how influential we've been and how he listens to the podcast, you know, like people like, like Robin White out in, in San Francisco, who, who is always pushing our stuff out there, Zach Dabrani, um, you know, just for for the longtime listeners, for the people who have been with us for for quite some time, and for the people who actually take the shit that we say and and use it, like it's it's really cool to see what kind of um, footprint we've had on whatever it is that you want to call it, the fitness industry, the media the media content, whatever it is that you want to call it. Yeah, it's definitely been cool, and you know, I I didn't like. I mean, I guess I knew we'd reflect a little bit in there, but like I didn't expect kind of to to get emotional doing it like the end mm. the end piece where it just kind of was like almost an out-of-body experience in in the expressing gratitude of of what it's been and like kind of just letting it flow um that wasn't something like sometimes in moments like that where i know like in past radio shows for instance like i don't think i've ever necessarily done this on the podcast but in radio shows where whether the subject matter demanded something a little bit more thought out or the moment from a personal aspect demanded something or, or was going to call on something that was a little more elevated. Like I'll write something out. Um, it's a skill that I have fortunately in, in the broadcast world of being a pretty good writer. Um, but that was just straight off the cuff and just straight from the heart of, of saying like, Hey, this, this is what it is and, and who we are and who we've yeah. been and what we're trying to do. And, and that was that I didn't anticipate that happening. Cause like none of the questions necessarily, like I knew like when we would talk about each other, like that would be meaningful in, in a different kind of way. Um, but just like the general overall, uh, I don't, I don't say like it's not pressure, but like the, the, the magnitude of it all, hmm. um, hitting me in that moment, I was like, Whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. 
Uh, well, it was like you said, like this is this is an authentic show, and we don't script anything, and everything just kind of flows the way it flows, right? And and um, I guess that's a little bit of me too. Like I can be lighthearted, and I can be, you know, jovial, and and I can also be pretty serious, and that's just that's just who I am. I, I, this is what you get with me, you know, and, and and with you as well. So like, it's not something that um you have we have to push to make authentic because then it becomes staged and quite disingenuous, but. You know, the, the, the stuff like Lorenzo's questions about know your why, you know, like I think I think that's what this podcast is really all about is, you know, when when you know your why, it's one thing to know your why. Right? We talk about that with Simon Sinek and all the other stuff. But to surround yourself with people who are also in the same why is what this podcast is all about. Right. Like introducing you to people um, that that the, the guests that we have on this show that that share a similar aspiration that maybe you do as a listener and, and to surround yourself with that. And, and to keep yourself in that is is keeping your purpose. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, our guest today, his purpose is is both educate and entertain, which is in some ways, like obviously we talked about some of the deeper purposes and everything last week. But um, in a lot of ways, like that's our, our goal is to, to be informative and, and but also to educate and, and ultimately to entertain. Because if if it's just like information, like you can go read articles online for that. <laughs> you got to give you something a little bit more. And there are a few that are doing it better in a very unique way uh, than Clay Skipper and GQ and specifically through his YouTube series, Above Average Joe. We talked to him about that. We talked to him about his writing. Uh, we talked to him about his training. He's an athlete himself, a runner. And uh, it was a really great conversation. And you're going to hear it next here on the Train With The Best podcast. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee, who's got brand new flavors and they're tasty. In fact... It's the Tasty Pastry. Yeah, that's the new line from Super Coffee. And it's a bit of a silly name, Tasty Pastry. Just rolls off the tongue in the way it might, uh, in a kindergarten-esque kind of way. Hey, I want the Tasty Pastry. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. But the thing is, we're all kindergartners at heart, which is why Super Coffee created these delicious flavors. Blueberry muffin, caramel waffle, cinnamon bun. Come on, tell me you're not intrigued. Let's say you just want to try them. Well, they have a three-pack with one of each, the trial box. They have a trial pack. I just got one. I'm really excited. Next week, I'll be able to talk about tasting these flavors in the ad because I will have had them. Comes in a 12-pack. Get four of each. Delicious. You ready to commit to one or the other? Go ahead. Dive right in with your 12-pack and do it all right now at drinksupercoffee.com. You use the code TRAIN with the best, and you get 25% off. So that's a pretty good deal. 25% off your first order. Drinksupercoffee.com. Try them out. The new Tasty Pastry Collection. They're tasty. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku and the Jaku Speed System. If you're a speed athlete and you're not getting accurate times, how do you know if you're getting better? Simple question. The best way to run fast is to go fast, but in order to really, really push your limits, you need to test that. So get yourself a Jaku. It's an affordable system to get accurate timing unlike any other on the market. No fancy lasers, no $1,000 whatever other systems out there. This is an app on your phone that pairs with a watch that you get from Jaku, and it starts on your first movement, and it stops when you cross the finish line. And unlike any other speed system out there, it can get multiple laps, meaning you can do shuttle drills like the 5105, your pro agility type of drills. So you can really challenge yourself and know that you're getting consistent accurate timing, rep after rep, set after set, session after session. Best way to do this? <laughs> Come on. You think we don't have a discount for you? Jaku.com slash discount slash TW 
TB. That's Jawku, J-A-W-K-U dot com slash discount slash T-W-T-B as in train with the best. It's 20% off the Jawku speed system or anything else on their website. Jawku.com slash discount slash T-W-T-B and check them out on Instagram at Jawku speed. Our guest today on the Train With The Best podcast is a staff writer at GQ. He's also the star and host of the YouTube series, Above Average Joe, that GQ does. Uh, He's done a podcast for GQ. Got a really cool kind of life story and career story as well, and uh, interested in a lot of the same topics that we are. So uh, after reading a little bit more about him and watching the YouTube series, wanted to have him on. It's Clay Skipper. Clay, thanks so much for, uh, for doing this, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I and congratulations! I saw you uh, just hit 200 episodes. Yeah, thank so you. We did. Can, we can actually pinpoint the exact time when you guys ran out of interesting guests, which is five <laughs> years and 200 episodes, and now you have to have me on. So thank you. Ah, uh, you give yourself not enough credit. Um, I want to start with the YouTube series. That's how I I found your stuff, and I sent it to Chris, and I was like, "Hey, watch this. This seems pretty cool." Because I feel like that's actually, in a way, like it captures a topic that we sometimes talk about on the podcast over these last 200 episodes of just how special really elite athletes are at what they do, how hard it is to do the tasks that they perform. And I think you do a really good job in the YouTube series of not just trying to do them, but to then also give the context of like, okay, I'm trying to hit a 90 mile per hour fastball, but I didn't have to guess if a curveball was coming. And, you know, I'm not trying to situationally hit. And like, you, you do give the caveats of all those kinds of things. So I'm curious how the idea for the, the YouTube series came up and kind of how you ultimately got it off the ground. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. People ask a lot, like, how did, uh, how did it come to be? And honestly, I can't quite remember. I think that, <laughs> that we GQ was a little late to the video game, I will say. And so we, you know, like I would say four or five years ago, we were, we were trying to be like, what can we do in the way of video? And we had this concept and I don't know who came up with it, but it was called mere mortal. And the, the idea was basically what above average Joe became, which is, can a mere mortal or a civilian or, you know, for lack of a better word, a normal person with a minimal amount of training do a feat that a professional athlete makes look super easy? So, you know, kicking a 30-yard field goal looks very routine for an NFL kicker. How easy is it for a average Joe? Um, an NBA three-point contest, how difficult is that? So that was the original iteration is this idea called mere mortal. And we we – that became above average Joe. We tried it. Um, the first one we ever did was a was a hockey slap shot, which was a terrifying one to do first. Uh, it was like, can we stop a ninety <laughs> mile an hour slap shot? <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I don't think the, the in the final challenge the the opponent who was Anson Carter, former NHL player, actually got to ninety miles an hour, but it was definitely like above eighty. Um, so that was the first one. It did well, and then we just kept doing them from there, and we saw a good response, and so it's sort of. You know, that was I think that one was beginning of 2019 and we've probably done seven or eight episodes since. So it's sort of been they've been stretched out because the pandemic and other things like that. But that was the yeah, it just sort of has snowballed from that that first episode. Yeah, I think, the first, yeah, I think so, the first one that I ever actually saw was the one that you did when you were doing free throws. And uh, a buddy of mine, Drew Hanlon, was the one that was helping you out. And, he, and I think you did some stuff with Ray Allen as well, just kind of shooting free throws. And. I, I remember there was a show back in the day called Pros versus Joes, um, where like pro athletes mm-hmm. 
And this would be like pro athletes who are 10 years, 15 years past retirement, and they would play against regular Joes. And I think even like Jerry Rice was on the show at one point because Jerry Rice is just so competitive. And Jerry it, Rice loves to still do stuff. Yeah. He, he's like, I can still run a 484. <laughs> right. Watch me. Right. I'm 52 he doesn't want people years to old. Yeah. And, and, and they would go and they would compete against some of these guys and, and just get blown out of the water, right? But I think that the, the cool thing about your channel and, and your show on, on YouTube is it shows the work that gets put in, not just competing against these guys and seeing how good they are. That's one thing. But then seeing some of the work that actually goes into like, hey, if you want to be a 90% shooter from the free throw line, yeah, that's that's a lot of work that you have to put in. And there's more to it than just making free throws. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. Like how when when you started to see how much work these guys put in, how many hours actually go into one moment that happens on the field that we all see and criticize and 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 comment on like what was what was the most surprising part about that for you yeah it's first of all i'm glad that comes across because it's it it is the sort of the most interesting part of doing the show which is i mean it should be dumb in in theory right it's like we get to the end of every episode and we're like oh it turns out pro athletes are really good at what they do (laughs) and like that should be should be fairly obvious and it's sort of like yeah you idiot like how how big of an ego do you have that you think you could do this yeah but i would say and to your point about the free throw specifically i also got a sense of the pressure right because i was if you watch that video i was hitting them real well in practice and then the minute it was the final showdown which you know, I know it's going to live on YouTube and some some people are going to watch it. All of a sudden, I completely choke and cave, right? <laughs> so you get a sense of what it's like to be up there having to hit two free throws, you know, tie ball game, three seconds to go. But I will say that the thing that stands out to me is there's it's just what they do is so complicated. So on one hand, obviously, it's hard. Um, like shooting an NBA three-pointer, it just takes a level of muscle memory and strength that I just don't have. But you can kind of know that just in the abstract without doing it. The thing that's really interesting is all the other factors that go into it. So, like, for instance, it never occurred to me, for whatever reason, that an NBA three-point contest would be such a cardiovascularly challenging activity. (laughs) So I'm getting up there, and the whole time leading up to it, I'm like, am I going to be able to reach the basket? Am I going to, like, how many am I going to make? It never even occurred to me I might be out of breath. And by the second rack, I'm like, ready to vomit and I'm like this adds a whole different layer of complication that I hadn't even considered and so that's been sort of the cool thing about the show is like obviously this is hard we know it's hard but to see how difficult it is like again with the the throwing a football it's like the technique of throwing a football is difficult but then you factor in having to change the play at the line the five (laughs) guys the size of Aaron Donald coming at you the right. fact that you have like less than a second to get it out, it's all that that really makes it super, super interesting. I remember doing a workout. So Chris trained Lorenzo Alexander, who played 14 years in the NFL, and uh, Randall Cobb worked with, with him for a couple of years. And I remember being in a workout with Chris, Lorenzo, and I think Randall was there that day too. And for some reason, I was the quarterback and Lorenzo was actually coming after me. And I like all I had to do was like toss the ball out to the side to make Lorenzo like pivot or whatever. Like it was predetermined. It was premeditated. The speed at which he came at me, knowing he wasn't going to hit me and thinking, oh, my God, there would be four to seven of them coming. And I'm supposed to read a defense like this was hellaciously terrifying. I, I never want to do that again ever in my whole life. And that's and other, just like yeah. one snap. And the other big thing one, is one-on-one one drill. So yeah, much of it right. is muscle memory, right? Like the 
like these guys aren't thinking about it. And so the uh, the again, the premise of the show is meant to expose me because it's meant to give you a sense of how difficult it is. But the idea that I could train in one day and get this, it's like the coaches are they're so they're such good sports, but they're a little bit flabbergasted because they're like, dude, you're not this isn't happening for you. <laughs> like, you know, these guys have done this <laughs> right. their whole life. So the, the other thing, too, is like yeah. the, from a sports science perspective, the interesting part about it we talked about this a little bit in the in the 200th episode about what's coming next as far as like training for for youth athletes is that cognitive stuff because what you Mm -hmm. say is completely correct shooting a basketball swinging a baseball bat throwing a football all of that is muscle memory but those things don't just happen predetermined on the field those are decisions that you make and when you make decisions that also takes a lot of your brain power right like should i shoot the ball right now should should i pass the ball right so like You'll see so many times in the NBA, if you just watch an NBA game or watch a few NBA games, people who are not traditionally good shooters, right? They shoot 20, 30% from from three-point land, right? If they get the ball last second on the the shot clock, they're going to make that shot because there's no decision to make. It's like, all right, let me just go straight into my shooting form. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to read anything. My choice is made for me. They're going to make that shot versus like, when there's no when there's no when the there was no predetermination of what they should do, they're a lot <laughs> they're a lot less effective shooter, right? Because that brain power is um, they call it brain cachet. Like that, there's no more cash left over to get into that muscle memory that they've worked on. So it's it's a really interesting thing, and that's something that you know I, I'm glad that your show points that out. Like, hey, like this is just building the muscle memory, but then. In an actual game time situation, this is a decision that's made. This is not something that's like saying, ready, set, go, swing your bat, or ready, set, go, throw the football. <laughs> How great would yeah. that be? Ready, yeah. I'm throwing fastball. Ready, set, go. So <laughs> that's that's such an insightful and perceptive point because – and the thing that really showed that to me was the baseball episode. And the and again, like the, the way – this show works because of – the incredible crew who, who makes it and also like the coaches. The coaches are what makes the show. And if you watch that episode, the the coach, as I say this, I'm forgetting his name. So I'm so sorry <laughs> to not give credit where credit's due. But he was said this the, to football, me the football guy? Oh, oh, no, the this is the baseball. The base- baseball. baseball. Yeah. And, yeah, no, so and Quincy was Quincy was your quarterback's coach. Quincy, he's uh-huh. he's a riot. He's I want to talk about him in a second, yeah. but I, I can't remember and, the baseball coach either. So the baseball episode, he the coach tells me just to swing as hard as I can. And I'm like, well, I got to, what do you mean? I have to see the ball and then swing. He's like, no, you just swing as hard as you can. And so he threw a pitch. I swung as hard as I can and I hit the ball. And it was this thing of like where he's like, your brain is processing the ball, like where the ball is coming outside your conscious awareness. So to your point, Chris, it's like, it's a sort of muscle memory that almost isn't even, you're not cognizant of it happening. Um, Correct. And so it is this yeah. sort. It's, it's super. It was really eerie because I was like, I, "How am I going to hit the ball if I don't look at it?" He's like, "No, just swing as hard as you can. Your body will find it." And it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you actually recently wrote about shame, and you talked to an, an author who had written a book that that touched on that. And I think that that also ties back to the discussion about this show because you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And I had this moment. So we, we just did this video with Nick Simmons. And as we were planning on that, um, and it wound up being Nick versus Lorenzo in a NFL combine. And there was a point in the planning where we thought I might also go in. And for a moment I was excited because I was like, Oh, I get to see what my times are. And then I was like, I'm going to look so slow and so unathletic and so out of place in this stupid thing. Cause I'm facing a former NFL player and a former Olympian. And I am not anywhere close to 
either. Yet you go out there every single episode and you are willing to put yourself out there, get coached and see whatever happens, you know, pre-coaching and post-coaching. At, at what point in the process of, you know, this idea coming to life and ultimately doing the show, did you have that moment where you're like, oh, right, I'm doing all this stuff on camera and the results are what they are and they're out on the internet for everybody to see. And, and was there any hesitation that you had uh, to, to go through with that? That's a great question. A, a little bit. I mean, I think those thoughts came up mostly before the actual filming. Like, for instance, the, I mean, the hockey one, it, that was our first one, so I was already sort of apprehensive. But then the fact of, like, oh, I'm going to have to be, like, very scared on camera was was made me apprehensive. Baseball is the same way because 90-mile-an-hour fastball. I actually quit baseball when it went from coach pitch to machine pitch because I was so scared of the ball. So I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna be, I want to be scared on camera. Um, and there is that element of like, oh, I might be embarrassed. But honestly, I assume you guys know this from you know being athletes, uh, real athletes. I wouldn't put myself in the same category. But if you have that competitive fire, once you're in there, then you're just sort of competing. And so that part of my brain sort of switches off, and I don't usually think too much about you know, is this going to be embarrassing? But a little bit. I mean, like the field goal episode, I choked. I went 0 for 9 on field goals. And I'm like, this is going to live on the uh, on the internet forever. But uh, it's all right. As long as you don't look at the comments, it's usually it's usually fine. And also, <laughs> the, the comments in these YouTube videos are shockingly nice. So I don't I don't know what that's about. I have like a suspicion that someone's going in there and scrubbing the mean ones. But, uh, but it hasn't been terrible so far. Has Those there... GQ editors, give them a raise. Yeah, exactly. Has... Right. Has there ever been an episode where you felt like confident about it? Like, hey, I, I've, I'm actually good at this. I did this in my past. I feel like this one is is for sure. I got this one, and and then it didn't work out. Which which one was the episode where you thought, hey, I for sure got this? It's uh, the basketball one, which is hysterical because I got smoked. Uh, <laughs> we we did for people listening. We did. I tried to do an NBA three point shooting contest like they do in the all-star game so it's 25 balls one minute and i actually went up against joe harris who at the time this is 2020 was the reigning yeah. three-point champ yeah and i hit two out of 25 i think i hit three <laughs> off the side of the backboard i didn't even get through all 25 in the minute joe harris by the way hit 23 of 25 and didn't even yeah. warm up um <laughs> so i would say that like one with the bench press yeah. the, the video with nick yeah. i played ball and I, I was like i you know i was a decent player so i thought that one um i would do okay but the funny thing is that everyone I thought I've done well, I did not do well. And the ones I didn't think I'd do well, I actually ended up doing okay. Um, yeah. So there's a lesson in that, I think, yeah. <laughs> which is humility. Um, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the show is called Above Average Joe. It is not Below Average Joe. It's not merely Average Joe. And I do think you prove yourself to be like – recreationally speaking, a pretty good athlete. And, and I know you were just in DC, like the time you put up in the, in the 10 K or the, the, whatever, uh, the 10 miler, sorry, that you ran down here was Ooh. like, I was like, damn, okay, Clay, I'm just running six, six and change miles. Like that was, wow. you're, you're a, you're a pretty good athlete. Um, so what is your athletic background and, and what do you, what are, you know, so people that can watch with the context now after listening <laughs> to this episode, like what athletic background are you bringing to the show? Yeah, you're exposing me. Now Now everyone's going to know that I'm sandbagging and pretending to be a bad athlete, but I'm actually a decent athlete. Hey, as I said, it's uh, called yeah. above average Joe, <laughs> above but you're still, average, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's, you know, above average Joe, very below average pro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I appreciate that. There we go. We're going to have to add that. That's great. Um, and then you pay, need to pay you for that creative inspiration. I was going right to say, there. please make sure the check gets in the mail. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. Um, you know, magazines, we're flush with cash. Um, <laughs> I work so, in radio. Don't talk to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my back. So I, I grew up 
playing a lot of sports. I mean, I played, um, I grew up in Connecticut. Every kid in Connecticut has to play soccer. So I played soccer, loved it. Uh, played t-ball for a while and basketball. Those were the, the three. Then I quit t-ball um, again because I was scared of the, the baseball coming at me too fast. Stuck with basketball and soccer. Um, picked up lacrosse in middle school, another very Connecticut sport. I ended up giving yeah. that up because I kept making the B team. Uh, and I couldn't quite crack the A team. So um, not a great advertisement for my tenacity but i quit and i uh i decided to stick with soccer and basketball and i played those through high school and then i like to joke that i played at the college level because i played uh, club soccer at vanderbilt and i also played on the women's varsity basketball practice squad um yeah. which was that's really no fun. joke though like you no have to be a really good player to, to get invited to do that yeah. yeah we had some we well we didn't actually i didn't get invited there was you sort of show up and if you're not terrible they let you stay um but it was awesome <laughs> it was like i played pickup a lot at the at the rec and this was like bought like, oh, obviously yeah. way better and the best pickup i've ever played in my life because we would get our ass kicked uh but it was so fun you know that would awesome. that that might be a good episode too, just to kind of show that hey, like you know the above average Joes that think that they can compete with the men. Obviously, that's that's clearly not going to be the case. But you know, for the above average Joes that think that hey, I could step onto a WNBA game and drop thirty. Um, that there's some there's some uh, humbling in that too, right? Because those because those women are for real legit ballers. Yeah. Any yeah any sort of. Uh misguided notions I had about that were put to bed very quickly uh, when I played on that practice squad and especially when I was down in the paint getting elbows in the ribs and getting crossed <laughs> over, getting my ankles broken. It was It's very clear to me that, that uh, yeah, that, that they are better They're far better players than, uh, than I am. Yeah. Right, and that's D1 nevertheless, like WNBA oh my God. Uh, level, yeah. level ballers. Uh, yeah. I actually wanted to ask, like, is there a plan to dip into some women's sports and, and try to showcase that at all? And that, that's been, I mean, you guys only, it's not like you've done a ton of episodes, right? You had, you started in 2019, like you said, the pandemic hit. So that obviously puts things uh, on the side for a while. Uh, you, you only do, I think one a quarter. So these things take time to produce, to plan, pr- you know, shoot, edit, all that kind of stuff. So what, what are kind of the, some of the other things that you want to do? Like, what are some future episodes that are, that are on your radar that you'd love to do? And, and I'm, I'm guessing there's some women's sports in there that you'd, you'd like to showcase. Yeah, I think there's um, – it's a great point. I think one episode – we the golf episode we had, um, our coach was uh, someone – a woman named Troy Mullins who is a long drive champion. And that was awesome because she hits the ball 400 yards. Um, yeah, which is crazy. And, part, yeah. and some of what we talked about a little bit in the episode was she gets guys challenge her all the time, which is like – what what are you thinking? Are like you, you know, yeah. she she's hit the ball four hundred yards. Do you yeah. really like if you want to get into yeah. her Instagram DMs and be like, I think I could outdrive you? Like, all right, good luck. Yeah. Um, so that was great, and shout out to her because she was a great coach and took my drive from I think like forty yards to two sixty. Um, <laughs> which is yeah, forty yards is not uh, doesn't matter if you're facing so you're not men, a golfer, women, got it, or got babies. It. You're not uh, you're not beating them at forty <laughs> yards. Um, but some of the other ones, I mean, we have we have a couple in the works. I mean, I think the the sports I want to do. I mean, it's not necessarily men or women. It's just like 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 tennis. I, I mean, right. we've joked about the ideal um, 
the ideal tennis episode would be, can I return Serena Williams surf? Right. Obviously not. But the idea no. is like, let's see what let's just again, like baseball and like hockey. It's just like, let's get a sense of how difficult and how fast, how difficult this is and how fast this is, this um, yeah. is coming at you. Um, so we've talked about that's, that's what we really want to do. I think it'd be fun to do a, a, a track episode. Um, um, we've talked about one that we floated is, you know, how long can an average Joe maintain uh, Kachogi's marathon pace? Which because he's running. If you like, can make it four hundred, well, actually, you're yet. you're a pretty no, fast distance runner. Like four hundred, I couldn't make it four hundred meters. Uh, yeah, you, you could. Can make well, it like, it's like one fifteen. It's one fifteen for four hundred. I it's probably no, like I think around, it's faster than that. I think he's running no. a four forty four. I think or right around there. So yeah, so it's about one ten, one eleven. Yeah. Okay, so I can make it four hundred. There's, I don't think I could. I, I, I would die at eight hundred meters. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Pass out, cease to exist. If yeah. my hamstrings made it stop. that way. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think that would be fun because I, I mean, I'm, I, I run now, so that I think that would be entertaining. Um. We've talked about maybe doing endurance. Like we, there's talk about maybe doing something with Ironman. Like, could I do a half iron with a month of training? Um, again, kind of sandbagging because I have a little bit of a of like aerobic base from my running, but um, right, that swimming is going to get you though. Totally, and that's another one. I think that's, swimming that's would be a really fun a episode. Monster, yeah. swimming actually yeah. would be fascinating because and, and I the think technique these, there is so important. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'd be fun to, if you could get. There's not a ton of upside to convince an athlete to compete with you because either they crush you as they should or they lose and then they kind of, you know, they, they it's sort of not a great look for them. But I would love to, like, try to race, you know, could I swim 25 yards in the time it takes Caleb Dressel to swim 75, you know? Like, I think that would just be fun visually <laughs> to see that comparison. Right, right. Actually, so the Kipchoge thing, uh, the same concept, take it to, like, Katie Ledecky's 1500 time. yeah. Yeah, uh, and see if you can make it a lap. Exactly, because the the pace she keeps is is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's cool um, from a video standpoint because you could have that line. You know, in the Olympics, I love when they have that right. sort of you know the the, the Olympic record yeah. line in front of them. Right, right. Hey, NBC, can we borrow your line? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. Now, I've told you, if you've been a long-time listener, whether it's 100 episodes, 150, 200. Still crazy, this episode 200. But I've been telling you, like, Momentus is the top of the line, the best of the best. Don't believe me? What if I told you that it's in 72% of NFL locker rooms? Would you believe me then? Because guess what? Momentus products are in 72% of NFL locker rooms. I will say this from personal experience. I have seen just in the last month and a half, really since we had Patrick on the podcast, Patrick Dixon from Momentus, their director of applied sports science, I've seen a huge jump in the consistency of my recovery by adding vitamin D and magnesium at night with my elite sleep. The elite sleep changed my life forever. My recoveries have been so much consistently higher on my whoops since I started elite sleep, but they've taken even another leap since I've added that magnesium and vitamin D. So if you're new to this podcast, make sure you go back just a couple of episodes. Check out Patrick Dixon from Momentus on the pod. He was so incredible in laying out what your daily supplementation would look like. And of course, we're going to hook you up. So go to livemomentus.com. Use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25. TRAINWITHTHEBEST25, livemomentus.com. 25% off your first order and your subscription. 15% off all the refills. That's TRAINWITHTHEBEST25 at livemomentus.com. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by BlazePod, the number one reaction training system for 
all levels of sports and fitness. What does that mean, reactive training? Well, it means that BlazePod, what it actually is, what is a BlazePod? It's a light that can be programmed to light up any number of different colors. It can be on touch. It can be on random time intervals. You can program this series of lights in a variety of ways to do reaction training, to provide a visual stimulus for your athletes to do any number of movements. Could you have them slide to the, the light? Yes. Could you have them slide to the light if it's blue and run if it's red? Yes. Could you have them slide if it's blue, run if it's red, and not react at all if it's green? Maybe even run the other direction. You could. You could do all of those things. The possibilities are endless. And if you download the BlazePod app, it's got pre-programmed ideas. It also gives you the ability to create your own. It's just the perfect visual stimulus reactive training system. It's why we love it so much. We were using it before they were an advertiser, and now that they're with us, we can't wait to share BlazePod with you. So much so that we got a discount for you. Of course we do, hooking you up, 15% off. Go to blazepod.com, use the code TWTB at checkout. That's 15% off, blazepod.com. The code is TWTB. I'm curious how you pick... Uh, who you talk to for your writing. So your writing is mostly Q&A uh, style. You, you you have all kinds of interesting people from sports. You have some writers and novelists and, and other folks that you talk to. Some of A lot of them are health and wellness related or sports related. But I, I'm just curious, like, what, how do you decide and, and how do you pitch what you, you know, who you want to talk to and what you want to write about? Because, you know, where the, the YouTube stuff is pretty self-explanatory like you're finding a sports adjacent angle from a performance standpoint and, and drawing that comparison it seems like your writing is a lot more of just kind of what's interesting to you in the moment which i think is is awesome and it's kind of a dream job it sounds like i would imagine in a way if you're you don't have a lot of constrictions on what you can and can't do are you yeah you pretty much nailed it i mean there is i, I will say that i am very grateful for this job for many reasons but one of them is that sort of the ethos of the editorial staff and the people who are above me at GQ is like, we hire people we think are interesting and we empower them to pursue the things they're curious about and interested in. And with the assumption that if they're interested in it, they'll bring a level of passion and enthusiasm that our readers will, you know, will resonate, that'll resonate with our readers. And so, um, to your point, Craig, it is mostly, what am I interested in? You know, and again, you need to have a level of, okay, well, why are we talking to this person and why are we talking to them now? Um, that's sort of two questions we always want to answer in our pitch is like, why is this person relevant? Why are they relevant now? Right. But as long as you can sort of an answer that, um, and some of the times that's they have a book coming out or they have a movie or they're in a new show. Um, but as long as you can answer that and 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 um, give a good sort of reason for why we should be talking to them, then we're usually empowered to talk to those people. And so, I, again, I'm very, it's awesome to be able to do that. Now, very occasionally, there there'll be a little, there'll be a different scenario where it's, we're putting this person, we have this person, we're putting it in the magazine. Who's a writer we have who can tackle this? Um, so that's a little more top down as opposed to bottom up, but it's great. I mean, I, it is a very lucky job to get to do something this interesting and to talk to people I'm, I'm curious about. Do you have like a, I'm sure you have on some level a wish list on, on that front as well. Like, you know, you're just hoping so-and-so so does something that they're in the news and they're like open to doing interviews. Like, do you have kind of that dream interview? I want I want that 15-minute Q&A with, with person X and I really want to ask them about thing Y. Yeah, I, mean, I have a few. I have, uh, um, I mean, one is a podcaster actually. Well, he's a podcaster slash, slash actor, but is Dax Shepard. 
Uh, I think he like mm-hmm. would be so interesting to talk to. Um, a few athletes. I mean, I I find Kyrie Irving fascinating. Um, yes. Um, for many reasons, um, and he doesn't really talk to the media, so I think that's probably a long shot. But that would be that would be he'd be someone I'd be very interested in. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Justin Vernon, Bon Iver, and I he's like his music is so out there and kind of strange. I think he could be a fun one. So. Those would definitely be three of the ones that are at the, uh, the very top of my list. What uh, what's kind of your next goal on the the fitness side of things? Like you, you just did the the ten miler down here in, in DC. Do you have like do you want to run a marathon? Have you run a marathon? Like do you want to do a half? Like what's what's the the clay skipper uh, training plan? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess you're going to make me say this out loud, which is a great accountability mechanism because then I got to do it. But uh, I have a half go. coming Let's up. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I have a half coming up at uh, April 24th, so two weeks from Sunday. Um, okay. I'm okay. going to try for 125 um, because okay. uh, there's something called. What was your 10 mile time? 10 mile was. Wow, why can I not remember it? It was uh, 65, 65, 40, oh. something like that. Yeah. Okay. So you're, yeah, that's going to be, I, that's I think I run, ran Chris. it. He can run. I ran it at six, a 634 pace. To do a 125 half, I'd have to run at 628. Um, right. That's what I mean. So like it's a, it's yeah. slightly faster. For so, a longer distance. Yeah, but, but so, yeah, it's for just three an more extra miles. 5K. I mean, who's yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> So there's that because if you run 125, you can get into something called the Speed Project. Have you guys heard of that? It's um, I think no, so. Actually, so is that the the LA to Vegas? Exactly. So thing? it's it's oh. six people. I think it's six. You get six people and you run from LA to Vegas. It's like get there however you want, but you have to run. And so you just have six people and you're just. I mean, you're running like 50 miles a person over the course of 72 hours. Um, so you have to qual- you have to like have certain thresholds you've hit to be allowed in and one of those is a 125 half marathon um so and then we'll see if this happens i'm trying to get the new york city marathon if i do i might try to do that under three if i could go sub three i'd be happy with that but what's your uh what's your training like for for this distance stuff and like how do you try to like and in some ways like we were talking about this before we started recording like the freedom you have as a media person sometimes is great Or you can your schedule is is all over the place. Like how how is the the uniqueness of your job help you to also you know perform at a high level as a, as an athlete? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I have a lot. I feel like I have a lot of time to to devote to exercise, which I have, again feel very grateful for. But yeah, I mean, I'm usually running. I would say four times a week, um, and I usually try to do Tuesday, Thursday. Our Tuesday is usually a track workout, um, which is usually like very short distance at a very high, high pace. And then Thursday is a tempo workout, which is high pace, but like not super high. Cause you're going a little bit longer. So that would be like, you know, can you do yep. three miles at, at seven minutes or something like seven minute mile, um, Saturday or Sunday is a long run. And then Monday's usually just like an easy, just coasting just to like mm-hmm. get my legs back. So yeah, I mean, four times a week, I mean, I have, there's some people I work with on staff who are both, they're two guys who are sub three marathoners and like they're putting up like 60, 70 mile weeks. I'm only probably doing like 25 miles on a good week. So, um, but yeah, I do have a lot of time for it, which is, which is great. But today I'm going to go to the Sounds like we invited the right guy on the podcast, Chris. That, that sounds much more like how we'd recommend a training plan. Yeah. 25. We don't need need those 60 mile weeks. Get that out of here. 
25, <laughs> 25. If I run 25 in a quarter, I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah, I, well, I'm saying what we would recommend. I, no way either of us no. are running 25 a week. Are I'm you kidding me? <laughs> no, not even close. Chris, Chris is like, not is it close. over 40 yards? I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Well, I mean, I will say the, um, the track stuff is like, I mean, that's where you're working, right? Like, I think people yeah. often think of the distance and they're like, oh, that's so hard. But and it is hard. It is challenging. But like if you're doing four four hundreds, that's to me, that's harder yeah, in some I ways. Than, yesterday than it was a, terrible. Yeah. Than like a 10 mile run. Yeah. See, to me, that that's that's easier for me. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather give you four four hundreds, knock them out in like 60, 65 or whatever, than have to run 10 miles over three hours or whatever. Like I, I just wouldn't be able to do that. I, I would stop. And, it's because you're a football player. Like you're like eight <laughs> seconds. That was a long play. Screw this. That is a long play. Yeah, uh, I actually, in, play. in preparation for, for this, I was going back and listening to, I scrolled through uh, the podcast that you hosted for GQ uh, uh, leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. And one of the people you talked to was Molly Seidel. And I, I'm, I now I'm imagining you just nodding along vigorously when she talked about shifting into the, the distance away from the, the shorter runs. Cause that seems to be where you're at too. Yeah. She was, Oh, she was the best. She was, I, I was so glad I got to talk to her. It was so awesome that she then went out and won the bronze in the Olympic marathon. For people listening, this is a marathoner by the name of Molly Seidel, who was a professional runner, but didn't really run long distances. And then the second marathon she ever entered was the Olympic trials. And she, I think she finished second. Wow. And then, and then yeah. she went to the Olympics as sort of an outside, you know, long shot and she finished third and she got the bronze. Yeah, in her like, third ever marathon. Yeah, third ever third marathon. In the Olympics. Wow. Um, By the way, a momentous but, athlete, uh, sponsor of, sponsor of this podcast. There you go. We, we share a supplement company. Shout so, out. you know, we're basically, yeah. Basically, buddies. We're hoping but, to have her on eventually, but we'll see. Yeah, she's great. I mean, the most interesting thing she, I remember her saying was that she was she was like, you know, a lot of people look at professional runners and they think we are so comfortable out there. And she's like, the only difference is that professionals are just way better at maintaining discomfort. So she's like, we're feeling just as bad as you guys are. We're just able to stay at that threshold way longer. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I'll wrap up with this. Do you ever... Because I would, I'm admitting I would 100% do this. You have the you know, be, the ability to be like, hey, it's Clay Skipper from GQ. And whether it's for a piece or for the YouTube series, you've had access to these really incredible coaches. Is, is part of like the Kipchoge one, you're like, how can I get a really high-end running coach to give me advice and get to this sub three-hour marathon? Is that somewhere in the back of your head? Did I just uncover something? Oh, yeah, of course. You're not running like a little bit of a scam all the time. Like, what are you doing? You're not even, you're not even trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. What's, what's the, like, the coolest piece of coaching advice? Uh, actual last question. Like, what's, what's the coolest, like, whether, whether it's uh, running adjacent, like something that you will actually use over the long term or just like a kind of a holy shit moment while you're working with Quincy Avery or doing the baseball stuff or whatever it is where you're just like, oh, wow, that was so cool to like watch a truly elite coach have something click for you in in a in a certain moment as you're working towards a task. Quin Quincy Avery was awesome just because I got a sense of like the demeanor of a coach and how that can give you confidence. Like he just exudes so much enthusiasm and belief in you, which I think he was sort of faking because man, I'm terrible at throwing a football. <laughs> but he just he, he he like so exudes that charisma and confidence that you're like maybe I can do it. Like maybe he's on to something. Um, so that was a really interesting lesson in just like 
what it takes to be an incredible coach and how much of it's not necessarily the content of what you're delivering, but how you're delivering it. And if you look at the YouTube comments, I have looked at these comments on the football video. They're all about how great a coach Quincy is. They're like, man, can this guy come coach me in my life? Like he's, and it's, and that he was just so awesome. The, the one though, that really, I remember standing out also is Ray Allen. He, we got him for a, a zoom video when we were doing the, can I shoot yep. 90% free throw percentage? And, I was asking him like, when you get up there, what are you, what are you thinking about? How are you calming your mind? He was like, man, if you were thinking about it, you, if so, you've already so lost the battle. He's like, you have to put in so much preparation, and you have to have so much confidence because of that preparation that when you stand, when you go up there, you're not even considering, can I miss this? It's just, it's going in, and it's just muscle memory, and it's just swish after swish. And he was like, I think the greatest, or one of the, I mean, definitely one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time. Yeah, I think I think he finished. He might have been above ninety percent for his career. If not, he was yeah. extremely high eighties. One, one yeah. of the all time, obviously, one of the all time greatest yeah. shooters in the history of the NBA. But it's like um, him and if people want more. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, oh, I was going to jump in go and go say ahead. no, no. I mean, I also talked to Colin Morikawa and Justin Tucker and like uh, those guys. Same thing. They're like, when I get up there, it's yeah. just my my swing I've done a hundred times, or my hundred times, thousands of times, or my kick I've done. You know, and it's just. You have to build that confidence before you get up there. And it's interesting to hear athletes talk about that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You put in the work and then then you rely on it. Uh, if people want more from Clay Skipper, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Clay Skipper, uh, and then just search uh, Clay Skipper. You can literally Google Clay Skipper and it'll take you a link straight to his GQ, uh, you know, his, his GQ writing. And of course, search YouTube for Above Average Joe. And the series is great. Looking forward to the next one coming out uh, here, hopefully, hopefully in the next quarter. I feel like we're due. We're, it's Q2, Clay. Let's go. We gotta have. We gotta have one. I know. Soon. Uh, I appreciate that. No, this, no, yeah. Let's uh, let's make it happen. This was a blast, man. And uh, let's let's definitely do it again sometime. And yeah. uh, you know, hey, you got the you got the World Cup coming up. So maybe if there's some soccer stuff that we can help you out with, um, we know some people. We do. So. That is true. <laughs> no, I know that. I see quite a roster of uh, of former podcast guests and friends of the pod. So uh, I might take yes. you up on that. Well, we yeah, are, uh, we would be eager to do it. Uh, Clay Skipper from GQ with us here on the Train with the Best podcast. Clay, this was great, man, and uh, look forward to doing it again, hopefully uh, not too far in the future. Thank you, guys. Another 200 episodes. We'll do it again. That seems, Let's do it. That seems like a long time. <laughs>